Welcome to the Banner of Truth broadcast. This program is brought to you by the Free Reformed Churches of North America. Your host is Pastor Jack Schumann, pastor of the Emmanuel Free Reformed Church of Abbotsford, British Columbia. And now, here is Pastor Jack Schumann. Our scripture reading today is taken from the book of 2 Samuel chapter 6, the verses 1 through 10. Hear God's word. Again David gathered all the choice men of Israel, 30,000. And David arose and went with all the people who were with him from Baali, Judah, to bring up from there the ark of God, whose name is called by the name the Lord of hosts, who dwells between the cherubim. So they set the ark of God on a new cart and brought it out of the house of Abinadab, which was on the hill. And Uzzah and Ahio, the sons of Abinadab, drove the new cart. And they brought it out of the house of Abinadab, which was on the hill, accompanying the ark of God. And Ahio went before the ark. Then David and all the house of Israel played music before the Lord on all kinds of instruments of fir wood, on harps, on stringed instruments, on tambourines, on sistrums, and on cymbals. And when they came to Nacon's threshing floor, Uzzah put out his hand to the ark of God and took hold of it, for the oxen stumbled. Then the anger of the Lord was aroused against Uzzah, and God struck him there for his error, and he died there by the ark of God. And David became angry because of the Lord's outbreak against Uzzah, and he called the name of the place Perez Uzzah to this day. David was afraid of the Lord that day, and he said, How can the ark of the Lord come to me? So David would not move the ark of the Lord with him into the city of David. But David took it aside into the house of Obed-Edom, the Gittite. This ends the reading of the Holy Word of God. May the Lord bless the reading and preaching of his word to our hearts. Dear friend, who is God? What is he like? Most people in the church today would probably say that God is good and kind, gracious and loving and merciful, and they would be right. For God is all of these things in perfection. But he is also holy, just, righteous, and precise. One of the best illustrations of this can be found in the passage of Scripture which we have just read together from 2 Samuel 6, the verses 1 through 10, the so-called story of Uzzah. And there we read that as the ark was being transported on a cart pulled by oxen, one of the oxen stumbled. And fearing that the ark might fall to the ground, Uzzah, who was walking next to the ark, reached out his hand to steady it. And in an instant, God struck him down dead. Now, why did God do this? What does this say about him? And what lessons can we learn from this? These are the questions we hope to answer in our sermon this morning. My theme is God strikes us a dead. And we'll consider, first of all, the reason for this, and secondly, the reaction to this. 
The events of our text took place towards the beginning of David's reign as king of Israel. Saul and Jonathan had died in battle against the Philistines. At first, Saul's son Ishbosheth, with the support of Abner, the commander of Saul's army, proclaimed himself the king of Israel. But later, when Abner defected to David and Ishbosheth was murdered by two of his captains, David became the sole ruler. One of David's first acts as king was to establish his capital city in Jerusalem. And so he ordered an attack on the city of Jabus. He dislodged its Jebusite inhabitants and renamed it the city of David, also known as Jerusalem. He also constructed a tabernacle there for the Ark of God. At that time, the Ark was in the house of Abinadab, who lived in Baali, Judah, also known as Kiriath-Jearim. It was placed there after its return from the temple of Dagon in the land of the Philistines. You may remember how while the Ark was in the possession of the Philistines that God plagued the Philistines with boils. Realizing that the reason why God was punishing them was because of the ark, the Philistines put the ark on a cart pulled by two cows and sent it back to the land of Israel. When the men of Beth Shemesh saw the ark, they were thrilled. Unfortunately, however, some of them looked inside the ark, either out of curiosity or to make sure that everything was still there. And as a result of this action, God killed some 50,000 of them. The people of Beth Shemesh were so afraid that they placed the ark in the home of Abinadab, where it remained for some 20 years. But now the time had come to bring the ark into David's new capital city, into the tabernacle that he had constructed for it on Mount Zion. And so David, together with some 30,000 choice men of Israel, And many of the inhabitants of Baali Judah went up the hill to the house of Abinadab to bring the ark to Jerusalem. Well, after placing the ark on a new ox cart, David and the people began to rejoice. We read in verse 5 that David and all the house of Israel played music before the Lord. On all kinds of instruments of fir wood, on harps, on stringed instruments, on tambourines, on sistrums, and on symbols. Now, driving the cart were two men, sons, most likely grandsons of Abinadab. Their names were Uzzah and Ahio. Ahio went before the ark, while Uzzah presumably followed in behind. But when they arrived at the threshing floor of Nacon, something terrible happened. The oxen stumbled. And instinctively, Uzzah, one of the sons of Abinadab, put forth his hand to steady the ark, lest it fall onto the ground. And in that very instant, the Lord struck Uzzah down dead. We read in verse 7, Then the anger of the Lord was aroused against Uzzah, and God struck him there for his error. And he died there by the ark of God. Now why did God do this? After all, all Uzzah was trying to do was to keep the ark from falling to the ground. We might have expected God to reward him for his actions, not punish him with instant death. 
Well, some, in an effort to explain this, have said that there's a defect in God. They even speak of what they call the shadow or the dark side of God. There is in God, they say, an element of the demonic. This demonic aspect manifests itself in these sudden and unprovoked bursts of anger like we see here in our text. But we are told God has evolved since then. He's no longer like that. He's now a God of love. But friends, that cannot be. God is perfectly holy. John, in his first epistle, says that God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. And to suggest otherwise is simply blasphemy. What's more, God doesn't change. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Now, others have said that God did not strike Uzzah dead at all. Probably what happened, they say, was that Uzzah had a heart attack or a stroke or a brain aneurysm. But because he lived in a pre-scientific age when they didn't know much about such things, the Jewish writer of this text attributed this event to God. But we know better today. We are more enlightened today. We know that God could never do such a thing. But that also cannot be. That would imply that the Bible is not inspired by the Holy Spirit. It's just an anthology, a collection of man's personal reflections on God and nothing more. Well, how then do we explain what happened here? How, how do we explain this? Why did God strike Uzzah dead? Well, to answer that question, we need to first of all understand that Uzzah was a Kohathite. Kohath was a son of Aaron. His descendants, the Kohathites, served as assistants to the priests. And according to Numbers 4, verses 1 to 10, their main task was to carry the furnishings and utensils of the tabernacle as the people of Israel moved from one place to the next during their wilderness wanderings. And that explains why Uzzah was walking alongside of or behind the ox cart when the oxen stumbled. He was doing what he was supposed to do as a Kohathite. Now, God made it very clear that the Kohathites were not to look upon, much less touch, any of the sacred furnishings or utensils of the tabernacle. If they did, they would die. And to prevent that from happening, God commanded the sons of Aaron to cover the ark and all the furnishings of the tabernacle with badger skins and a blue cloth. And he also commanded the Kohathites to transport the ark, as well as the other furnishings of the tabernacle, by inserting long poles through rings that were attached to their sides and carry it from place to place. But that's not what happened. First of all, no mention is made in our text of covering the ark with badger skins and a blue cloth. And secondly, Uzzah and Ahio transported the ark not by long poles through the rings but by placing it on an ox cart now why they didn't do that we didn't know maybe it was an oversight maybe with the passage of time they had forgotten the exact prescriptions of transporting the ark of god we don't know but one thing is certain they were wrong they transported the ark incorrectly Uzzah was especially wrong for touching the ark. And as such, he deserved to die. Now to be sure, the Philistines put the ark on a cart as well. 
when they sent it back to the land of Israel. We read about that in 1 Samuel chapter 6. But they didn't know any better. That was not the case here. Uzzah had the law of Moses. He knew what was expected, or at least he should have known what was expected. But for whatever reason, he didn't do as God commanded him. And as a result, the Lord slew him. Now someone says, well, did the Lord actually have to kill him? Yes, he did. Why is that? I'll tell you why. Because God is holy and just and righteous. God is not like you and me. We can choose to be just or not to be just. Or we can suspend our justice. But God is not like that. He must be just. And to fail to do that would be a violation of his own character. It would mean that God is no longer God. What is more, if God did not slay Uzzah, he would not be true to his word. God said in his word that if the Kohathites touch or even look upon the ark, they would die. Now, if God didn't follow through with that threat, then why would we believe anything that he has said? And so, in a sense, it was a mercy that God slew Uzzah, if only for our sakes. Besides this, as Dr. R.C. Sproul points out, what made Uzzah think that his hands were less polluted than the dirt? There was nothing about the earth that would desecrate the throne of God. The earth was lying there on the ground, doing what God had called the earth to do, being dirt, turning to dust when it's dry and turning to mud when it's mixed with water. It obeys the laws of God day in and day out, doing exactly what dirt is supposed to do. There's nothing defiling about the earth. But the same certainly cannot be said for Uzzah. As a descendant of Adam, Uzzah was by nature an enemy of God. And as such, his hand was even dirtier than the dirt. Who did he think he was, stretching out his hand to touch the ark of God? How dare he do such a thing? But he did. And God rightly and justly struck him down dead. Commenting on this, Sproul writes this. He says, is there anyone who could convict a holy, perfectly righteous creator who out of sheer mercy creates a creature and gives him all of his blessing? Is there anything wrong with God extinguishing a creature who has the audacity to challenge his authority to rule his creation? The answer is obvious. No, there isn't. And therefore what God did was perfectly right and just. But no matter how we try to explain what happened here, there will always be people who will say that what God did to Uzzah was simply not fair. The punishment simply didn't fit the crime. But my friend, did you ever consider what a mercy it was that God did not strike everyone down dead that day, including David? For they all had the law of Moses. They all could have read Romans or Numbers chapter 4, describing how the ark was to be transported in meticulous detail. Surely that was true for Ohio as his brother. But they didn't do as God had commanded. And as such, they all deserve to die, especially Ohio, who of all people should have known better. 
and especially since only 20 years earlier, God slew 50,000 inhabitants of Beth Shemesh for doing exactly the same thing. The real wonder is not that God struck Uzzah down dead, but that he left everyone else alive. Well, do you see that today? You know, we're very quick to accuse God of injustice, aren't we? But before we do that, let's consider the ways in which he is merciful. And let us never think that we somehow deserve his mercy. We deserve nothing. God owes us nothing. He will have mercy on whom he will have mercy. And if he chooses not to be merciful, then he is still perfectly just. Well, what can we learn from this? Perhaps the one main lesson we can learn is that God, the God whom we worship and serve, is not to be trifled with. You know, many people today conceive of God as a kindly old man, complete with a white flowing beard and long white hair who reclines on the clouds and spends his time thinking of nice things to do for people. But friends, that's not who God is. That's a distortion. The God whom we worship is absolutely holy. Elsewhere, the Bible describes him as a consuming fire. Yes, he's also a God of love and mercy and compassion, thankfully. But he is, in the first place, absolutely holy. And that means we need to take heed how we live. We need to take the pursuit of holiness far more seriously than we sometimes do. God says in his word, Be holy, for I am holy. And he says that to his people. And the question is, are you striving to be holy? In your thoughts, in your words, and in your deeds. To the last detail of your life. Is this your primary aim in life? Does that manifest itself in your life? And are you striving with all of your might to root out sin fully and completely? Are you striving to do what is right and pleasing to the Lord in all things? You know, before the Jews celebrated the Passover feast, they had to thoroughly sweep their homes to remove every trace of leaven. Leaven, you see, represented sin. By commanding them to remove every trace of leaven, God was teaching his people that they needed to take sin seriously. They had to remove sin from their lives as thoroughly as they had to remove leaven from their homes. And I wonder if that's true for you today. Are you striving to be holy as God is holy? The Puritans were men who were exceptionally godly. They took the law of God very seriously indeed. And they sought to please God in everything that they did. Seeing this, a man who was not a Puritan once asked a Puritan minister why he and his colleagues were so precise. And you know what his answer was? He said, because we serve a precise God. And how we need to take that to heart, my friends. Many Christians today take holiness and keeping the commandments of God far too lightly. They seem to think that their best is good enough. Besides, they say, we're saved by grace, aren't we? And, and God is a God of love, isn't he? He'll forgive me, won't he? Well, yes, he will. But not if we presume on his grace, which is precisely what so many professing Christians do today. If there's one thing that God hates, it's presuming on his grace. Presuming that we can sin with impunity because God will forgive me anyway. My friends, that's the lie of the devil. 
The truth is that God demands and deserves to be obeyed to the letter. And if we don't render him that obedience to the last detail, the Lord may strike us down as he struck Uzzah. And so Uzzah committed a very great sin, and he was punished for it. Well, you say, how did David respond to this? Well, that brings us to our second point. When David saw what happened to Uzzah, he was very upset. And we read in verse 8, And David became angry because of the Lord's outbreak against Uzzah. Now, to a certain extent, we can understand David's reaction. After all, Uzzah was only trying to do the right thing. We'd be angry too. But David had no reason to be angry. For as I've already mentioned, the Lord would have been just to destroy the entire company, including David and Uzzah's brother Ahio. But he didn't. Instead, he poured out his wrath only on Uzzah, sparing the rest. Now, in that respect, Uzzah functions as a type of Christ, doesn't he? Like Christ, Uzzah bore God's punishment, but with several differences. In the first place, Uzzah deserved to die. He knew it was wrong to touch the ark, but he did it anyway. Yes, his motives may have been good, but that doesn't excuse his actions. But Christ did not deserve to die. And that's because he had committed no sin whatsoever. He was perfectly sinless and holy from the time that he was a little baby until the time that he drew his last breath. He was without sin, and yet he died. Secondly, Uzzah died for his own sin, but not Christ. When Christ died, He died for all the sins of all of his people in the past, in the present, and in the future. He made atonement for the sins of a countless number of people, securing for them the forgiveness of all of their sins and everlasting life. Thirdly, Uzzah remained dead. He was buried that same day, most likely, and his flesh returned to dust but not our Lord. When our Lord died, he was laid in the tomb. But three days later, he burst forth from the tomb, having conquered death and sin and Satan. And 40 days later, he ascended up into heaven, and there he sits, even now, at the right hand of the Father. And one day he's coming again to judge the living and the dead. And when he does, he will take all of his people to live and reign with him forever. Because of this fact, we who are in Christ have nothing to fear. Well, yes, David was afraid. He was afraid that the anger of God would break forth against him and against all of the people. We read in verse 9, David was afraid of the Lord that day, and he said, how can the ark of the Lord come to me? You see, David reasoned, if the Lord struck Uzzah dead for touching the ark, how could he even consider? How did he even dare Take this ark into his new capital city. And so he commanded that it be placed in the home of a certain Obed-Edom, the Gittite, where it remained for three months. David was afraid. But friends, if we're in Christ today, we have no reason to be afraid. God's anger will never break forth against us, for it has been assuaged by the Lord Jesus Christ himself. 
You say, when did he do that? He did that when he died on the cross. There on the cross, Christ bore the wrath of God against the sins of all of his people, especially during those three hours of darkness when he cried, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And when we believe on his name, then his satisfaction becomes our satisfaction. We have peace with God and the gift of everlasting life. But my friends, that's only true for those who are in Christ, for those who have repented of their sins, and those who are looking in faith to Christ as the only hope and ground of their salvation. Those who are not doing this, those who are living in their sins and in rebellion against God and refusing to believe on the Savior, they are in serious danger. Oh yes, they have much to fear. Why? Because as long as they refuse to repent and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, the wrath of God abides on them. And one day he will cast them into the lake of fire, along with the devil and all of his angels. And there they will remain to all eternity. My friends, where will you be on that day? The God with whom we have to do, the God before whom you and I must one day stand is absolutely holy and righteous. And there's only one way that we can stand before such a God. And that is if we are clothed in the perfect righteousness of Jesus Christ. And the wonderful news of the gospel is that that righteousness can be yours if you repent and believe on his name. And still today, the Lord calls. Do you hear him? Still today, he invites miserable, hell-deserving sinners like you and like me to come to him and be saved. Oh, may God grant that we may respond to his invitation and that we may receive life in his name. Amen. Dear friends, we always appreciate hearing from our listeners. If you were blessed by or have a comment on the message you've heard today, we'd very much appreciate hearing from you. Our mailing address is Banner of Truth, 3386 Mount Lehman Road. Lehman is spelled L-E-H-M-A-N, and that's in Abbotsford, British Columbia, V4X2M9. That's 3386 Mount Lehman Road, Abbotsford, British Columbia, V4X2M9. If you would like to listen to the message you've just heard again, or if you would like more information about our program, including how to contact us and how to listen to other messages on this program, please visit our website at banneroftruthradio.com. That's all one word, banneroftruthradio.com. Support for this program is provided by the Free Reformed Churches of North America. For more information about our churches, including where you can find a church nearest you, please visit our denominational website at www.frcna.org. That's www.frcna.org. Your financial support for this program is welcome and deeply appreciated. If the Lord has placed on your heart 
a desire to help us offset the costs of broadcasting this program on this station, you can send us a check in any amount. Again, our mailing address is 3386 Mount Lehman Road, Abbotsford, British Columbia, V4X2M9. Or you can go to our webpage and make a donation right on our webpage. Again, our webpage address is banneroftruthradio.com. Please remember that the Lord would have his people come together to worship him. For that reason, we urge you not to use this or any other radio program as a substitute for being an active, contributing member of a faithful, Bible-believing church. Thank you for listening, and now, until next week, may the Lord be with you all.